0: Hi, and welcome back to the investigation. I'm Kira Phillips, along with my co host Chris Vlasto, senior executive producer of our investigative unit here at ABC, and senior editorial producer John Santucci. Now, this week, we are doing things a little differently because, as you might have heard, it was a busy weekend here in Washington.
1: Good afternoon. We're coming on the
2: air right now because Special Counsel Robert Mueller has completed the Russia investigation and delivered his report to the Justice Department.
0: 22 months and it's over. Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into Russian election meddling and possible collusion with the Trump campaign came to a close on Friday when it was then turned over to the Attorney General William Barr. Late Sunday afternoon, Barr actually sent a four-page letter over to the House and Senate Judiciary Committees with this summary
1: of Mueller's report. Attorney General William Barr has delivered the principal conclusions of special counsel Robert Mueller on the Russia investigation to Congress.
3: After thousands of subpoenas, 500 witnesses interviewed, and hundreds of search warrants, the special counsel's final conclusions are now known. No collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign. There's no collusion, no nothing.
0: Now Barr also wrote that his goal is to make as much of the report public as possible. So this week, while we are waiting for access to more of this report, we are going to be releasing a new episode of the investigation every day, and we're going to kick it off by talking with Jay Sekulow. He's one of President Trump's lawyers, a key player throughout nearly all of this investigation. He's also chief counsel at the American Center for Law and Justice, a conservative legal advocacy organization. Jay, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Let's get right to it, yep. okay? Sure. I, I mean, Trump and and the White House, you made it clear that this report, complete exoneration, but is it really? Because the special counsel states, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him.
4: This is as to the obstruction allegation. So yes. let me put it in the context of what happens here. The special counsel is part of the United States Department of Justice, unlike when Ken Starr was the independent counsel and they operated independently outside the Department of Justice guidelines. Uh, the special counsel, because no one liked the way the whole Whitewater-Clinton investigation went, there was bipartisan support to get away from that approach, they went with a special counsel regulation. So he is part of the Department of Justice. So here's what happens. He comes, the special counsel investigates this for two years. They have these conclusions of facts he calls, and and the quote was difficult facts and law, the both are difficult. So you got difficult facts and law. He could not come to a conclusion on the obstruction issue. He says he uses the word uh, while we're not charging the pret week, we're not say that there was criminality here. We're not in a position to exonerate. That's an interesting line, by the way, because exonerate is normally not what a prosecutor does. What they, is the word they should use though? Uh, declined because. That's what it is. I mean, that's normally what you would say. But uh, Bill Barr said in there they they were operating at that point outside of normal prosecutorial judgment here. In other words, what they did was they could not make the decision. And they did what's appropriate within the Department of Justice guidelines. So they took the issue to what it appears, based on everything I'm reading, to the Office of Legal Counsel, which is the institutional agency inside the Department of Justice that looks at novel theories of law and complex facts, and makes a determination whether that is something that would be actionable or not. And in this particular case, it was not just the OLC, it was the OLC, uh, Office of Legal Counsel, the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who's been involved in it from the outset, and then uh, also ultimately uh, Bill Barr.
0: In your opinion, was this a weak move?
4: Well, you know, you say he's getting criticized for it, right, Uh, because he didn't make the conclusion. But he didn't make the conclusion. Because
0: it's like you are not guilty, but you're also not innocent.
4: Yeah, but and again, you know, if this was a normal case, it would be a declination. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what it would be. They just would have issued one sentence of saying, uh, for, for because we could, we could not. You know, we were dealing with difficult issues of law. In fact, we declined. He decided not to go there. That was the prerogative of the special counsel. It's not the prerogative of the Department of Justice, though. They have to put it back within how they operate.
3: Let me ask you. Yeah. Your uh, Ty Cobb came on this yes. podcast. And he said that Bob Mueller was an American hero. Yep. Do you agree?
4: I'm not going to get into the personal, you know, positions on how I feel about Bob Mueller or anybody else. I will say this. I am glad that Bob Mueller concluded the investigation. I am glad that uh, and pleased that my client, which we knew from the outset there was no collusion, that the determination ultimately by the Department of Justice that there was no obstruction. I think some of the things that took place under Bob Mueller's watch were not good. And I think anybody that was fair and objective would have said that the conversations between the lead agent, Peter Strzok, and Lisa Page was inappropriate and it was there that took place for months while they were working there. And I've always asked the question, what happened to that evidence that was gathered in that six month or six week period? Then their phones were wiped clean. Mm-hmm. I just think those are unusual things. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take a personal attack on Bob Mueller. I respect that Bob Mueller's service to the United States in the military as a lawyer. I'm not going to get into that. You know what my job is? My job was to defend my client, and that's what my job. But was. Do said, but be, wait, do
3: you think we're going to be? Do you think we're going to be in a situation now where the Democrats who have been saying that uh, Bob Mueller was a hero now they're going to start criticizing him, and now Republicans are going to go the other way?
4: So here's what I tell my friends in the House and Senate that are wanting to do these oversight hearings. Okay, here's what Bob Mueller got. 2,800 subpoenas, he executed 500 search warrants, obtained 230 orders for communication records, issued 50 orders authorizing use of pen registers following you know it's following phone numbers, made 13 requests to foreign governments for evidence, and interviewed approximately 500 witnesses. And if you take them just at their word of what Bob Mueller said in his, what's reported here, no obstruction and uh, difficult questions of law and fact, and ultimately the Department of Justice saying, no obstruction so no collusion no obstruction why are the house and senate going to put all these people that have been subject to this for two years and have their lives turned upside down most of which were not you know we know the few that have been charged but we know 500 have not been and to put their lives upside down again for a political theater i think is is really really wrong
2: so but jay you are one of the 81 individuals that were contacted by the house judiciary committee do you comply now
4: well, look, the, what they asked me for was easy for me to respond to. So what they asked me for was information that I had, documents that they said that may be in your possession, that you turned over to the special counsel. Well, as the, that, I'm not the White House counsel. Mm-hmm. I'm the private lawyer. So I don't have the notes between you know, this individual in the White House and that individual. So my answer was to comply was easy. We did not turn over those documents. We didn't turn over documents so, to the White House.
2: So what's your legal advice to the Trumps?
4: Oh, I think here that the you there's questions of jurisdiction. There are questions of propriety. There are questions of asked and answered. Many of these witnesses have been before these committees for 20 hours to bring them back. Why would you bring a witness back in now, let's take Senate intel or, or House intel, when they've investigated themselves for two years? They may not have liked the conclusion. And Bob Mueller was allowed to do his investigation unimpeded and, and uh Bill Barr says so, there was but no documents. the get the whole report? I think you do get I mean, I think what's going to happen on the report, I mean, this is obviously not my call. I think what's going to happen on the report is, uh, and I think they're moving really quick. I mean, this was amazingly quick. I mean, because some of us were thinking over the weekend we may be dealing with this for a week without seeing this. When I say this, I'm holding in my hand, the, the letter from uh, that Bill Barr issued. He got it on Friday at 5 o'clock, and by Sunday at 5 o'clock, we had something. So I think that's, you know, pretty historic. So when you look at that, um, I think they're going to move expeditiously on releasing as much material as they can, consistent with the regulations, and I think that will happen.
3: Well, what about, you know, the other thing that exists? There are – how many prosecutors or plead – how many people pled guilty, uh, like Michael Flynn, George Papadopoulos, and now there's even the Roger Stone case? Do you think the president will pardon them now?
4: I've had no conversations with anybody about pardons. Uh, That's not something that's on the table or being discussed. Look – There's no question a president has the authority to pardon. We know that. I mean, that's just what the Constitution says. But there's no ongoing conversations in this regard. And I think that um, whether the president were ever to decide to exercise it, that would really be something that would be handled internally within the Department of Justice and the White House. really the White House prerogative, certainly not the private counsel.
3: No, but when you look also, though, at the Roger Stone case that's going to happen in November, here's a guy who maybe lied, maybe lied about something that wasn't a crime. Right. Right. So, uh, it, it, it's so they're going to prosecute him for that. Well, yeah, it's it's it's. A yeah, I mean, that's
4: uh, to me, that's you know, I think that it raises a lot of issues. If I was his defense lawyers, there's a lot of issues I would raise uh, going through that. Um, I'm sure he's, he does have very good defense lawyers, and I'm sure they'll do the appropriate thing in his defense. That's not my job. That's not my call. But look, they have defenses.
0: Chuck Schumer is wanting to see all the source material. Yeah, the investigative file. Right. What do you think about that?
4: Well, that's up. To, that's really up to the Department of Justice because we have separation of powers here. And each branch of government has a different function, and what they can show that they're comfortable showing. They certainly shouldn't be showing 6E material, because if you were a prosecutor, or I was a prosecutor, and we released to the public 6E material, we, uh, 6E material, we would be committing a crime.
0: I would think the White House wouldn't want all of that released. I mean, well, Don I mean there's McGahn also talked for 30 executive. hours. I mean, is that yeah, something? Yeah, no, I mean, there's
4: executive privilege material. I mean, they let him go in, but they did not waive executive privilege. I think all of that has to be looked at. But again, that's going to be the job of. Uh, of Pat Cipollone and Emmett Flood and the president with the Department of Justice. That's not a job that I will have or any of my colleagues. Because if it's not
0: all released, isn't Congress going to step forward and say, well, what are you hiding? What's the White House hiding? We should be able to see everything.
4: Well, let's be real, but let's take that step by step. Let's start with what was the big issue in all of this. What started this? Russian collusion with Trump campaign or associates of Trump campaign. And there's one thing that's crystal clear in this document. There was none. That was the, and, and we had members of Congress go on your network and other networks saying, we know it, the evidence is right there, we're seeing it, we have it, we know there's more than collusion, and since somebody called it treason, and, and it all focused on that meeting in, uh, in Trump Tower in June of 2017, and the end result of all of that, the end result of all of this issue uh, was there was nothing there.
2: You know, Jay, when you look back over the last... It may have been 2016. <laughs> not be your own. <laughs> no, it was yeah. 2016. Yeah. The, uh, when you look back over the, the stretch, I mean, you are the only member of the legal team that survived the round sole survivor? <laughs> yeah, you're the sole survivor. The only one still
4: on the I have a theory here. about that. What's that? You know, I'm a drummer. So uh, we have we, heard I this. knew that was yeah, coming you in, in somewhere. And, <laughs> and then he's, so gonna, he's gonna, gonna plug his band. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. And the next thing <laughs> you yeah. want yeah. to do is going to be live on CMA you go to totally. Facebook, go to yeah, Facebook yeah, exactly. and look up the J Seculo band, you would see really good music uh, <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, want to give your website too while we're here. I no, mean, no the band just go to Facebook. Jay J Seculo Band Facebook. Did you bring your drums? huh. I did not. but here's the thing. I think that look I've worked with a lot of great lawyers over the last two years on this. And I think I had I kept the right tempo.
2: <laughs> okay, there's your little drumming reference yeah. there. Well, If I can for a second, though, you know, just thinking about all the things that you guys fought over this year with yeah. the special counsel, right? Yeah. You've been in there with Bob Mueller. Yeah. You've been in there with James Quarles, as chief deputy. You know, one of the things that we saw play out for quite some time is that your client did not want to sit for an interview. You fought that tooth well, and nail. I will tell
4: you his lawyers didn't want him to sit <laughs> for an interview. He was convinced early on that he wanted to sit for an interview. That changed, though. What well, changed when his lawyer said, that's not how it works.
0: <laughs> but are also, you Also, John Dowd was a little nervous. Remember, yeah. John Dowd told us they were a little nervous of Trump not having scripted well, responses. Well, let me tell you this.
4: If I was representing you and they asked to go speak to you voluntarily, you know what I would tell them? No. Because that's what a lawyer would do. Why would I do that? You're not going to come. Especially if you had the compulsion percentages were so low. And here the compulsion percentages were so low. But for because all because the they had a difficult time making a subpoena claim. But
2: but here's my question though, for yep. all the pressure and the back and forth that you had for the yep. last two years do this, uh-huh. are you surprised that the president did not ultimately get forced to sit for injury, wasn't subpoenaed by Bob. No, I said? think
4: one thing that Ty and John did well was um, they gave and not they did a lot of things well, but the providing that amount of material and that amount of witness interviews under the Espy standard, which is the District of Columbia DC Court of Appeals standard on when you could really interview someone like a president, you have to show that you could not get the information from any place else. So I think they may have had an internal conversation within within the special counsel's office and DOJ. It never re- obviously never raised to a level of where the uh, acting attorney general had to override them. So that means they didn't go with a formal request so, but, for the interview. But
2: it's interesting you say that because we saw over the course of this probe. Many people actually criticized Ty Cobb for opening house, giving so many yeah. documents, letting so many people sit down. So, in hindsight, that actually seemed, in your mind, to be a good
4: move. Now, oh yeah, no, I I always thought cooperation was smart, but cooperation didn't mean we're just going to send the president over and say, okay, here's four hours, talk to the president of the United States, especially when you've given all of that information. So, I think what John and Ty put forward in the beginning of this served the country and the president well.
3: Obviously, Donald Trump had a really good weekend, but you know what? There was another thing that happened though last week that doesn't bode too well for the president. Those search warrants that were filed in the Michael Cohen case that were still redacted that actually suggested that that investigation is still ongoing. What do you make of that? Is the pres, does the president have exposure on that?
4: No, I mean, look, we've got really competent lawyers that are handling uh, the Southern District claim on the campaign. That is. I personally, as someone that litigated uh, the, bi- the bipartisan campaign reform act that was called McCain-Feingold, I did that case at the Supreme Court of the United States, challenging provisions of it. I my, the challenge the provisions I challenged, I won unanimously. He struck them unanimously. To make that into a campaign, Michael Cohen <laughs> pled to a non-crime. That's what he pled because in any other context, it was not like it was campaign money utilized. So he <laughs> pled to a non-crime. That was his decision. His lawyer's decision. Would, um,
3: that's not well, why the do you think they redacted yet. it, though?
4: Well, that doesn't mean, yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean that they're not looking at it, that they're not done with it, but I, I am not of the view that that's going anywhere. So, I am of the view that that's not going anywhere.
2: So then, Jay, when you do look at the cross section because, I mean, we just pan this yeah. out, right? You've got um, well over half a dozen congressional investigations between the House and the yeah. Senate. You have. SDNY with the campaign. Right. You have SDNY also looking into the Trump inaugural. You've right. got about five. Now, on that one, let me say go something ahead, on go the inaugural. With that one.
4: Sure. So that is, you know, it, because it's a separate entity. We are completely not involved in that at all. So you're not you've not been that contacted. That at all. No, we're not involved in that at all. And
2: So no request. So the, we saw a subpoena go to the inaugural committee, but nothing to nothing Donald Trump, the Trump family, nope. the Trump organization, Correct. nobody. Right. But now, what about the other state cases we see you have a, a hard charging state attorney in right. new york i mean donald trump says his home state's going to be the one to hurt him the hardest when this is all over yeah. but they are, are actively trying to bring witnesses in from the trump organization come and speak with them
4: this is on the are you talking about on the state yeah state agents? new york state so agent. that some of that's on the charity right uh so again which is a civil thing yeah. not a criminal matter um there, I think, there, look, there's a lot of news reports about what's actually happening, mm-hmm. but as someone that knows what's happening, because I'm one of the lawyers involved in what's happening, I could tell you that what has been reported is not accurate, as far as the scope and nature of documents that are coming, or requests for documents that coming. It's not, nothing like what's so been you, reported.
2: So you, you don't feel that many people believe that that is a wide-ranging, massive investigation? You don't see Well, look,
4: I, 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 here's what I would say. The fact is, that if the investigation is based on Michael Cohen's testimony, who pled to perjury and then went before the United States Congress and perjured himself again, that that would be hard-pressed for the Southern District. It's, again, going to reliable evidence. is probably not a really good move. And I think smart prosecutors would say maybe that's not so smart.
0: Are Democrats ever going to see Donald Trump as a legitimate president?
4: Well, they may have no choice because they may see him for another six years. And um, I think, look, I think this invest—if the basis of illegitimacy was this notion of collusion with Russia, which is what it was— I think that has been completely dismissed here. You know the obstruction remember was the after but the was kind of the after effect
0: ham- hammering open the, the, this open question of obstruction. But that's that, what everybody's that's talking a, but, about you know, hammering.
4: Yeah, but that's a different question. So the the the, illegitimacy, the Dems, Dems
0: are going to hammer that all the way to November 3rd, 2020. They got
4: to be careful because I think there's going to be a wear out period here. The Supreme Court of the United States when they've looked at obstruction <laughs> cases, if you look at what happened in obstruction cases over the last I'm a Supreme Court litigator over the last Twenty years, most obstruction cases have been reversed nine to zero, and I think what happened here, the Department of Justice wasn't going to take some novel theory of obstruction of justice and and roll it roll the dice against the president. Of well, the United and
3: States. also it becomes a political issue of which already now the Attorney General and Rod Rosenstein also you know made a decision. So you're not going to get enough votes. Of course. Not. Uh, so, so in in Congress to impeach him on obstruction, is, that would be ridiculous,
4: right? So, I well, I think so. What they're going to, so I think this over investigating mentality after the Mueller report and after the scope of nature of what they were able to get with the, like I said, the thousands of subpoenas and hundreds of witnesses, it it only makes not only makes the House redundant, it makes it look really vindictive.
2: So, there's one document that correct me if I'm wrong, that Bob Mueller did not get Donald Trump's tax returns. (laughs) We know Congress wants them.
4: Did not ask for them.
2: Okay. Now, what about Congress? They're going for it. We know Ways and Means is already drafting letters. They're going to ask for them. And you're the lawyer. There's
4: rules and regulations on disclosure of tax reforms even to the government.
2: Okay. So now, but in this fight, you're going to defend the president because it's the president, the individual with his tax returns, So sure. So there
4: would be a joint interest there uh, between the White House because they would have Article 2 issues, Uh, that they would raise a sitting president having his tax returns taken by a committee. And then, of course, as private lawyers, you represent the taxpayer. Okay, in that particular case, it's the president. So pull out your crystal ball.
2: Do Democrats get the tax return? I don't think so. Why?
4: Because the law will not – what is the investigative purpose for them to have his tax returns? Because all of these committees sit, they have to have jurisdiction, right? They have to have – what is the causable, colorable claim that you're investigating impacting legislation? And what is the legislation? Are they going to pass the Donald Trump Tax Reform Act?
3: Well, no, but could not. they use could they use that New York Times story that came out uh, over the last year of uh, that showed going back t- thirty five years? Well, but well, the statute limitations
4: have long expired on that. And again, that was uh, that was a story that did not have the lawyers that represented uh, Fred Trump, the father, mm-hmm. uh, pre- presenting cases. No, I don't think so. I think where's the what is the legitimate the standard is on these inquiries? What's the legitimate legislative purpose? What is their legislative purpose in asking for the tax return? Don't and that we probably want to gets know litigator. How he
0: spent his money? If he if there is no sign of tax fraud, I mean, we want to know about his well, financials. Not, but, but, we want to know but, about we, but his we, it, real we estate. We would be the
4: Internal Revenue Service. We would not be the United States Congress. They're not investigators as far as conducting investigations on individuals. They can't call you. And say we want you to we want to take we know the au- IRS audited you already and cleared you we don't really like that so we want your tax returns how would you feel about that not so good right because why you just went through an IRS audit because they're the agency charged with doing that investigation not the United States Congress
0: I've been through an audit it's no fun
4: I was an IRS lawyer
0: you were probably the one that went after me <laughs> no I wasn't because <laughs> I'm, I'm much
4: older than you and it was a long time ago <laughs>
0: all
3: right are you done now is your job over uh, no.
4: Uh, it is it it changes. Uh, obviously, this was a big issue on my plate that uh, has been removed, and I'm very grateful, as is my family and my grandkids, that this is uh, now done. Uh, uh, my my uh, grandson told me yesterday, he said good job, Paw Paul. I said thank you. <laughs> my granddaughters were sending me videos, and that was nice.
3: But wait, what did what
0: did Donald Trump say to you?
4: He's very pleased. I mean, I don't want to ever disclose conversations that were obviously that would be sensitive. I could tell you that um, he's very pleased with the conclusion.
0: Does there. he want you to stay on and help with the yeah. other yes. existing investigations? Yes, I mean, the president has, has, um, uh,
4: wants us to continue. I mean, especially in the congressional stuff. And if the, I'm a tax lawyer, so if the tax returns become an issue, that, that's those are my kind of things too.
2: Let, last question: yeah. you, You've argued before the Supreme Court. Yes. Um, you've had a storied career. You were telling me yeah. that uh, your father passed away right yeah. before. You got hired to be Donald Trump's lawyer. Where does this rank for you in in your career?
4: Well, uh, the most important case I ever handled. Clearly, number one. I I said to you, uh, John, that um, my dad passed away about a month before I was retained by the president. And my father was a political junkie. I mean, he loved politics. He followed it. And he would have – he lived in – they lived in Boca Raton, and then he moved to – we were from uh, New York and Long Island. They moved down to Boca, and my mother passed away about 20 years before. And uh, my dad and I – I was very close with my mother, too, but my dad and I were really close. And he uh, – there's a Yiddish – he could revel could in this stuff. I mean, he, he would – this would – I could see him. they sit around, the like, the poker table <laughs> in, in Boca or, or in, in the villages, and he'd be saying, What does your son do? Oh, my son's a doctor. Is he the head of the department? Well, okay. What does your son do? He represents the president. <laughs> so I, yesterday when all this hit – I told this to my wife last night – uh, I got back. So I spoke to you, and I was it was late, and I, I told my wife last night. I said I really miss my dad. I mean, I, I think this would have been um, this would have been something I really would want to share with my dad. But I will say this: that my two boys, uh, who are both men with children, grown adults with children, were great yesterday. My my oldest was um, is a lawyer and worked on the case, and he was very um, excited, but also very kind of emotional. He sent me a nice note about my grandkids. My youngest son, who runs a lot of our media operations, and uh, is He's is, uh, is a comedian also, and it's funny, but they, they said this for your grandchildren was a big moment. And, I, I, look, I wanted it to end well for my client. I wanted it to end well for the country. I think, look, one thing, if Republican, Democrat, Independent, uh, Libertarian, Green Party, whatever you are, I think one good news here that everybody can agree on, no, no Russia collusion with a campaign. I think that's good for the American people.
2: Jay Sekulow, Thank thanks, you. thanks very much. Thank, Thank you very
0: stay. much. And coming up, a full analysis of this conversation with Jay with members of our investigative team next. And welcome back. Once again, I'm Kira Phillips with my co-host, Chris Flasto, who heads our investigative team here. Also, my colleagues, senior editorial producer, John Santucci, and also senior investigative producer, Matt Moss. We heard from Jay Sekulow, the president's lawyer. Yeah, he was n- really happy. I mean, this was a huge coup, <laughs> he says, for, for his client. So it was
2: the most important case that he's ever had in his entire career. So,
1: Well, well
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't really argue with that.
3: Argue with that.
1: If you step back from... Whether you agree or disagree with the outcome, you can certainly agree that there was very good lawyering done here. I think that the best lawyering here, if you were just looking at it as a student of the law, was probably done by Bill Barr, the attorney general, in that he essentially inserted himself in between the president and the Mueller report and provided essentially a buffer to the president. By handling it the way he did.
2: Well, we heard the president uh, just the other day coming off of Air Force, going on to Air Force One. I mean, we really haven't heard much reaction, Kira, besides that.
0: No, let's take a listen to what Trump had to say just after uh, the release of the attorney general's letter.
1: There was no collusion with Russia. There was no obstruction and none whatsoever. And it was a complete and total exoneration. It's a shame... That our country had to go through this, to be honest, it's a shame that your president has had to go through this for, before I even got elected, it began. Complete
0: and total exoneration. However, Mueller still left open obstruction john
2: yeah i mean listen it's not surprising for donald trump to shape the victory as he will right he's the master brander he's going to pull out the words uh that he liked uh from the attorney general's letter and sort of move on but, but he's right he's, yeah i mean listen it, it, there is a little bit of hedging there though i mean we, you know we have certainly read for the,
3: who for for even if congress investigates it even if congress opens up and gets a full report and shows the evidence of obstruction what we have here is robert Mueller looked at it himself and said, I can't decide. And, and, and then you had uh, uh, Bill Barr say, I decided, and Rod Rosenstein, who decided. So even at the end of the day, even if Congress does 18 months of investigations on obstruction of justice, they're going to be at the same place we are today.
1: Well, except that the standard for Congress is different than the standard for the Department of Justice. They can they can conclude something is a an impeachable offense based on their own judgment, regardless of all the rules and regulations the Justice Department has to follow. But if
2: you are Jerry Nadler, Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, if you are the apparatus that is the Democratic leadership, you have to make a judgment call. Do you go to war, try to get the full report? Figure out if you're going to go through it, or do you look at the attorney general's letter and say, "All right, these are two smart legal minds. This is what they came to. Is it worth us redoing it? Because let's not forget, the country is exhausted. I mean, we're all kind of dragging at this point. This is day eight in a row for all of us. I'm not exhausted. I yeah, you, I'm yeah okay. Yeah. Well, you, you, yeah, let's keep this You, you going. were on the west coast taking a little break there, pal. But anyway, <laughs> but but the point being that I just you really got to think for a minute if you're a Democrat. We are entering 2020.
3: Uh, I would be looking into the the newer investigations. Right. You Security want clearances. The there,
2: there's a lot of other red meat yes. that they can go and do. I mean, the House Oversight Committee, you know, there's real things that they could be doing oversight of. And we're actually starting to see that. I
1: agree with you and I disagree with you. Where I where I disagree with you is that I think everything hinges on what was actually written in this Mueller report. And I understand why the Democrats' first position has been, we need to see the full report, because we take it on faith that the review by Bill Barr and Rod Rosenstein was done in an upfront and fair-minded way. But they, I think, want to see the proof.
3: Yeah, but do you really, truly believe? that they would risk their reputations of hiding the ball. I mean, he even included, if he wanted to be nefarious, he could have not included the exoneration line of the obstruction, but he did. Well,
1: where I agree with you is that I think they'll have to make a political calculation. Is it worth it to rehash this and to continue to delve into it, or is it smarter to focus forward on some of the other problems with the administration. I
2: agree with you on that. Well, I mean, and even think about what we're hearing from the experts weighing in. I mean, Preet Bahara, the former U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York.
3: No fan of the president. No
2: fan of Donald Trump whatsoever. Was fired by Donald Trump. Here's what he said on
4: Good Morning America. I I think on collusion, the case is closed. I think Bob Mueller is owed a debt of gratitude by all of us. Uh, He did a thorough, complete investigation, found no evidence, uh, not sufficient evidence to make a charge in connection with conspiracy uh, uh, relating to interference with the election, on the issue of obstruction, we're sort of not done. Uh, it seems to me that there was a very it was a very close case. Bob Mueller decided not to make a determination about whether or not a charge could be brought. And you only do that if
2: there's substantial evidence. Pre-Pahar speaking to George Stephanopoulos on Good Morning America. But OK, so collusion, we're done. But Chris, I mean, there is potentially more if you do get this full report to figure out what they were looking into that could have been possible obstruction.
3: No, I, I get that they couldn't have a hearing. But to what end? The Republicans, well, I... the Republicans are never going to... They're going to vote. There's not going to be impeachment.
1: It may or may not be um, legally damaging to the president. But politically, when you lay out, if that's what they're able to do, the entire case against the president on obstruction, which it appears there was at least some evidence to support the idea that he obstructed justice, that could be politically damaging to the president.
3: Well, but in the letter, Bill Barr and Rod Rosenstein addressed this fact that most of the obstruction and I do stress most, there could be other things we don't know, was done in plain sight. We saw him fire Tweets. James Comey. Right. We saw him go on on Lester Holt and say, it's the Russians, that's why I fired him.
1: Well, and that supports your whole f- uh, thesis that the it's all in the eye of the beholder. People who already dislike Trump will read that and say, aha, here's more evidence that he's bad. People who like Trump will say the opposite. Right. You brought
0: up uh, other investigations. Okay, let's move on from the Mueller probe. Let's move on from collusion. We asked Jay Sekulow about the other existing investigations out there. And John, you brought up Tax returns. Yeah,
2: no, and he said that he they're fully ready for that fight. They do not believe uh, that the House Democrats have a leg to stand on to get the president's tax returns. But look, it, you know, in speaking to Jay and to many other folks close to the legal team, they know that that's where this battle is going to go into the president's finances, and that's what's happening up in New York right now. We know that the Southern District of New York is doing their thing. We also know that the New York State Attorney General has their case going on to the Trump Foundation, which Jay also talked. About and what I think is really going to be interesting now, and Jay sort of hit on this is how the legal team is still going to exist, but how they're going to sort of shift into different roles, right? How certain matters here are going to be things that affect the presidency and affect the president and the president's company. So I think just the the teams that already exist, and Matt has been working on a lot of this with me as well, as far as the Southern District of New York is concerned, that's where a lot of the focus is going to have to move, because that is potentially the most harmful.
3: But bringing up the other subject out of the interview that I'm obsessed with, because I asked the question, but is is about the pardons. It was
2: on my list
3: too, okay? It was about the pardons. I do think that's going to be the next big surprise out of this and you know if i'm roger stone i'm waiting around for that phone call or and michael flynn or the door's michael wide
1: flynn. open left open by bill barr for the president to go ahead and help and he his has
3: cover he has cover loyal friends
1: We've now learned that Michael Flynn had
2: $5 million in legal fees. I mean, this has been an extensively long ordeal for him and his family. We know he had to sell his home uh, to pay part of those fees, Chris. I mean, so certainly if you're looking right now at who's been loyal to Donald Trump, who has not
3: gone against him, I mean, Flynn was one of his most earliest supporters during the campaign. And that's, you know, the real mystery of this tale and why I want to see the report. Why I want to see the whole report is why... Did these guys lie right. about something that there was no there was no collusion? Why lie? Right. It's it, like it, the
0: guys in his circle are going down, but the president comes out and says, "I've I've been exonerated," and yet these men within his group, how they've gone from what we say from from riches to rags with these legal bills and selling their homes and
1: completely different well, but lifestyle. That's
2: the, but that's the question now: Do they get rewarded for being a team player?
1: What about a pardon for Michael Cohen, Kira? You think that's on the way? I highly doubt it.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for joining us. And don't forget that we will be back again tomorrow and every day this week with brand new interviews, breaking down the headlines. So be sure to hit subscribe, leave us a rating. And thanks to our producers, Caitlin Fulmer, Eric Mallow and Shannon Crawford. And for my colleagues, Chris Blasto, Matt Mosk, and John Santucci, we'll see you back here tomorrow for another episode of The Investigation.